When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Hello, everyone. Uh, Happy holidays and all that good stuff. Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, Aishra Blakely, joined by Kwani A. Lunas and our good friend from the Boston Globe, Gary Washburn. What's up, G-Money? What's up, folks? He joins us once again. How was, how was everybody's holidays? Did you get all you wanted? I did. What about you, G? Yeah, everything was good. Kwani got is... a lot of comments. Kwani wanted more comments. I'm sure she got more comments. Kwani and her new headshots have been the big the the talk. The last week. DMs. That's all I needed for Christmas. Well, you know what she did, Gary? You know what she did? What I do? There was the day one pick, and then she came out with the remix edition with like three or four other picks. So oh, it's yeah, just like, I'm like, okay. So first she released it. First she released the single. Then she came back with the EP. I see. <laughs> so do it. So Kwani, how how yes. how was how were your holidays? Lots of uh, you know, good stuff. Yes, good. A lot of family time. Um, we should talk about insecure. In because there, thing that happened. It ended. You know what, uh, I'm Gary? I don't know how much you watch. Do you, Gary? Do you watch Insecure with Issa and all them? Yeah, I didn't see the ending, so don't spoil it. I'm gonna spoil it. But don't spoil it. But well, you do watch it. I lost interest after the break. I mean, it was just too much for me. Uh, honestly, like you know, it was just too much. What was too much? The first couple of seasons, I. I got into it, but it was just too, too, too much, too soap opery. Um, you know, this stuff was a little. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm all, you know, kudos to the to the sister doing a good show and, and <laughs> a lot of interest and stuff. But I, I'm, you know, I'm not like, is she gonna get me with Lawrence? <laughs> like, no, I mean, no. I mean, yeah, Lawrence was a little punk. All right, let's, let's just be real. It didn't really matter. Like, you know, like, without spoiling it, I think the when you watch the finale, the thing you learn is that the essence of the show really was about the title of Insecure. And for Issa to start in a place in every aspect of her life where she was just insecure, and then we get to a point, hopefully, where she no longer is at that point in all these areas of her life, which I thought was. I think they wrapped it up really well. Again, I won't spoil it if you didn't watch it yet, but I think they were able to put a nice bow on it, but not make it in a way where it's unrealistic and it's like a fairy tale happy ending, which a lot of shows tend to do when they know they're ending. I think this one ended on a realistic note, but in a way where I think a lot of people didn't receive it well. Well, my favorite character in the show is Molly, and I'm going to just leave it right there. For folks who saw, who yeah. saw it to the end, I'm going to leave it yeah. right there so yeah. you already know how I'm feeling about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, you know, the, the, to me, 
Insecure, it is, it, it ended the way it was supposed to. I mean, it, it ended with a lot of things, I think, just kind of wrapped up a little bit, but still leaving a little bit of wiggle room in case they wanted to do like an insecure reunion, uh, which I can obviously, I can definitely see happening. Uh, but but again, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Quanny brought that out from the jump so we can get that out the way because I was I was thinking about insecure but I want to I want to pivot real quick to a crew <laughs> that should be insecure about their play mm. and that is the Boston Celtics yeah. they should not be secure at all in how they're playing at all that loss to the Timber Pups let's be honest now that's a Timber bad Pups. loss Losing to, the t- losing to the Timber Pups with no cat, no Anthony Edwards. And I know the Celtics, they were missing some guys too. But they, they literally had no one, no ballers. They mm-hmm. had, I mean, what, Nathan Knight? Play, play like, play, not Travis Knight, not Brevin <laughs> Knight. We're talking about Nathan Knight. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Now, Gary. The only person we knew on that roster was Greg Monroe. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Greg, who, by the way. The 541st player in the NBA this season, which is a new record for the most players in a season in the NBA. And not only did Greg Monroe, you know, step on the floor, he damn near messed around and got a triple-double. Mm-hmm. He got like 11 points, nine boards, I think five, six, something ridiculous in like 25 minutes. Come on. Dude ain't played in, dude ain't played in a minute. More exactly. like When I say a minute, I mean like two years. And yeah. he called like, like that? Gary, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on what the what the Celtics did against the Timber Pups because I, I thought it was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean their worst loss of the season, um, considering how they finished against Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and they looked so good for three quarters or about two two point eight quarters or whatever you want to say, and then the end of the third, and then they rebuilt the lead in Milwaukee and then get outscored nineteen to four down the stretch. And then this game where they were up 11, it was like they were on the verge of maybe extending to 18 to 20. And then they just kept leaving Minnesota shooters open. And, you know, it's like, you got to read your scouting report. Like, you know, Jalen Noel is a kid from the University of Washington who has just kind of been hidden in Minnesota. He left early. He was a second-round pick. He's a guy who's emerging and is improving. Okay? I mean – so I don't know how many times you want to leave him open. He hit six threes on you. Nathan Knight, I had no idea who, like, literally, and I really am follow the NBA. I did not know who this dude was. I was like, who is this guy when he started? I mean, Robert Williams has got to start feeling embarrassed about this stuff. Like, you know, Nathan Knight outplayed him. JaVale McGee a couple of weeks ago outplayed him. I mean, he's not improving. Like, this is a guy who was supposed to be you know the difference making center he's he's emerging and he got he got balled up by Nathan Knight like that and then Greg Monroe I mean it just can't happen you know yeah. I thought Jalen had a bad game he was right he did not play well I mean the Pritchard 30 foot threes that has to stop stop doing that you know Sam Hauser comes in the shooter misses three threes or whatever I mean Nobody nobody played well, and they ended up just handing them the game. And then Minnesota starts the fourth quarter 11 from 12 from the field. Like, that's just embarrassing. These are their backup guys, besides, like, Malik Beasley. No Cat, no D'Angelo Russell, no Anthony Edwards. 
Like, what are we doing here? If you're if you're the Celtics, like, what's going on? And then, you know, of course, he may lays them out again with this, you know, they're not focused and I don't know what to do. This was the situation, what they should do. This was the situation last year. Well, they're not listening to Brad. Well, they're not mentally focused. Well, they need to get a new coach. They need a black coach. They need a coach who hold them accountable. The same stuff's happening. The same stuff. Brad's like, oh, so it was me. It was my, I was the issue. It was my problem. Oh, I was the, it was my voice. That was like, something's going on and it's not the coaching. It's in that locker room. And I don't know what they can do about it because it just seems hopeless at this point. They got the Clippers are going to play hard tomorrow. They're not healthy. Then they got Phoenix. You know, good luck with that. Then they got San Antonio, who's beating the heck out of people now. Like, their schedule is unforgiving, and it doesn't get any easier. And even the teams that are bad are like, we can beat Boston. And that's where you got – that's you the problem. New Orleans, you think New Orleans is like, oh, no, we're going to lose to Boston. Yeah, everyone like, thinks they have a chance And next, we can beat Boston. Like, there's nobody looking at Boston and afraid of Boston. Like, so this whole oh, – their schedule is going to get easier in January. To put together some yeah, if they play complete games. But if you play – always, I learned this covering the league 20-something years ago. There's not many bad teams out there. They're just teams that only play or are only capable of playing three and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. There were so many times when I covered the L.A. Clippers, okay, that they led six minutes left in the game. They were up on Utah with Malone and Stockton by 12. Then here comes Malone and Stockton. Okay, we was hoping y'all blow us out, but now y'all didn't let us take this game. Like, I didn't see so many bad teams having covered many bad teams in my day play good until four minutes left and then Tracy McGrady or Chris Weber or Kobe or whatever is like, okay, y'all should be beating us by 20, but y'all beating us by eight. Bad. I'm going to come and take this game from y'all. And they play four good minutes and the other team wins. And then, oh, we're close. That's not really close because bad teams do the same thing. You know, Minnesota is the, 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 you know, Detroit's. Detroit does that all the time, right? They're, you know, Detroit's 7 and 20, whatever the hell they are. A lot of those games are close games that they lost in the fourth quarter. So is this what the Celtics are? Just a bad team? Like, I don't know at this point because that was a bad loss yesterday. That was really discouraging. I don't know what else to say. I don't have any optimistic, well, the COVID issues. So did Minnesota. Yeah. There's no way you can lose that game. And you're up 12 in the third quarter. And then what happens? The same old thing. Team makes a late run at the end of the third, so they're up five. Then boom, here comes the fourth, and the Celtics shut it down. It's embarrassing. It is. is Yeah. They all should be embarrassed at this point. The players, and, you know, are are the players really taking losses hard? Are they really, really down about this? I don't know. They don't seem to be true. We got another game tomorrow. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a bet. Like you got to start taking advantage because they're not going to make at this rate. They won't make the playoffs, or they'll be in the play-in. Mm-hmm. Is, that, yeah. is that what folks wanted? No. So I got nothing besides I don't have anything but discouraging things to say because I don't want to like you know 
You can't blame Tatum on this one. The Tatum hater, who's Tatum? No, Tatum didn't play. Tatum was just like, show. Yeah, let, let Jalen run the show. Jalen's okay. Jalen, Jalen, Jalen was a uh, NBC Sports Boston player of the game. He scored twenty six points on twenty four shots. That's not good. <laughs> With six, six turnovers, Gene, you forgot about the six turnovers. Yeah, that's not good. That's not player of the game stuff. Hmm. Like no, it's not that nothing against Jalen. He just like they give too many. They mess off too many possessions. They take too many bad shots early in the shot clock. You know, I like Peyton Pritchard, but the whole, like, I'm, I'm going to take a three, you know, like, get to the rack. Get to the rim. You know, get to the rim. Hand it off to Robert Williams. You know, it's just a lot. That's all. I, there's, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with this team right now. And, and, and to me, it's, it's so obvious that we – I don't think people really – want to embrace the truth, they got to make a trade. They got to say, because listen, it's not about the playground no more. It's not about the, the, the principal anymore. It's not about the teachers. It's the players. Because you've moved all those other things around. You have changed things up. You have tried to do this as pain-free as possible. But right now, you got you to gotta make that cut. You got to make that change. And, and I don't know who should go. I don't and I don't think they know who should go, but they got to make changes because what they have now is not working. You are in the worst place you can possibly be. You are treading water. You aren't at the back of the you're not at the back of the pack. You're not at the front of the pack. You're in the middle. And we all know what happens in the middle. You get lost, you get overlooked, and you take it for granted. And to Gary's point, teams are looking at you like we got this. When they show when the Celtics show up, we ain't got to worry about them because even if they got a lead, they're going to give it up. They always give it up. That's what they do. That, unfortunately, that's part of their identity. And the whole idea that, well, if you just get rid of Jalen or if you just get rid of Tatum, we've seen what it looks like when one of those guys is in the building and the other isn't. It ain't pretty. They don't look any better or, or any worse in that regard. So that that's not the issue. They have to do something to change the dynamics of this team. And that is Brad's challenge. That is what is going to separate Brad from Danny. Brad is going to have to make the hard, painful cuts in this line in this roster because that's the only way they're going to get out of this malaise. Otherwise, we're going to look at this team being 500 this year. And if they don't make significant change, they're going to be the same way next year. Because you look around, Chicago, they, they leveling up. Brooklyn is going to be in the building again. Milwaukee is going to be there. You know, you start and you start going down the teams. They're slowly but surely moving to that middle, that middle class of the, of the East. And there's nowhere to go. If you're trying to be a champion, if you're stuck in the middle, it doesn't work that way. You So they need to figure out, are we going to go into tank of loser mode this year? Just start over with like one or two guys as our centerpieces, or are we going to just try to do something big and bold and, and and just roll the dice and make something significant happen? I don't think they have a sense of what they want to do, and and that as a Celtics fan is a little unsettling to 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 know that they probably don't have an idea of exactly what they need to do or what they want to do in order to get over this hump because they are in a hump, they are in a rut right now, and there doesn't seem to be a clear direction as to where the hell they're going from here. Actually, last Al Horford said that this team needs to look themselves in the mirror and be accountable. And How did Jalen respond to that? And Jalen did not respond. And I don't know if maybe he didn't understand the context of what I was saying, but it just didn't seem as though he was even See, receptive. Quite, despite I, the I, fact I, that he was also, but he was self-aware of the fact that he didn't play well. 
So right. if you're self-aware enough to know that you didn't perform well, but you're not willing to look in the mirror, it doesn't. It seems a little contradictory overall. Well, Jalen asked I think like everyone, three clarifications on the question, so he yeah. clearly was was trying to figure out what the hell he was being asked, and his response was, "I'm not going to comment on that." That's disappointing. That was really because Jalen is one of the more thoughtful players on his. Do you baseball. think he felt like he was being baited with the question? Because I just don't see Al Horford as the type where someone would be against something that he said and knowing how positive Al is usually when it comes to stuff like that. Well, I, I don't I think Al was necessarily calling out Jalen, but maybe he interpreted it as He Al may have, but, but Al, Al was talking about ac- individual accountability. Know, yeah. And to me, Jalen is smart enough and he's wise enough to understand that was pretty much what the question was about. I listened to that question two or three times because, Corny, I had the same question you did. Maybe he was thinking he was kind of, you know, being baited into saying something, yeah. you know, that wasn't how he felt. Yeah. But the fact that he just said deuces to the question, that was not good. Uh, that was not a good look for him. Particularly, when it was a pretty softballish question when you get to the essence of it. It's basically, are you, is there a point right now where you have to be as an individual, as a man, as as a player, accountable for your role in this team? And, not, and by your role, I'm talking about you as an individual on the collective group of this team. And Jalen, he punted on that question. And I, I, I mean, Gary, you a Cal Cubby, just like Jalen. What, what was that about? <laughs> Defend your Cal Cubbiness. I think Jalen is very careful what he says to the media. And if he doesn't feel like he's going to say something positive, he's going to give a no comment. That's not the first no comment he's given about it. Now, does he think that everybody needs to reflect or is it just a few people that need to reflect? Is it, is it just, I don't know. I mean. I think there's, I think, the, I think one, they need to keep Joe Johnson, okay, because I think he can help his team chemistry. And if they got to get rid of Bruno Fernando or whatever, or convert him to a two-way and get rid of that Broderick Thomas dude, whatever they got to do, I think they need to keep Joe Johnson, okay? That's one thing. When this whole thing boils over, I think he'll help because he's, he's, he's an old head. They need something like that. Two, I don't think this team really knows what's going on with itself. They, they're trying. I think they like each other. I, but I think there's just something that's just not clicking. And I don't know what it is. And I don't. I can't point. You know, last night, oh, it was Marcus Smart. Marcus wasn't there. Um, it's Jason. Jason wasn't there. You know, give Peyton more playing time. Okay. He played solid. Um, Romeo. Give, Romeo was a minus 31. Like, Romeo, I don't know what happened when he was in the game, but it didn't go yeah, well. He scored him. early on, too. He was good in the first three he minutes. Was a minus 31 in a five-point game. Um, I don't know what this, the, the thing. You know, I don't know what they, you know, I don't know if it's the rotations. If, you, if it's just like, hey, let's put Justin Jackson in there, you know. Oh, but he was in COVID protocol. I forgot who was even available yesterday. But, like, let's change the lineup. Let's do something. If something isn't clicking, because they they show the capability of being an elite team, that those first three quarters against the Bucks was a good elite basketball. Even with four minutes left, they, they Milwaukee made their run, made its run. The Celtics rebuilt the league, and you're up one eleven to ninety eight, or something one hundred nine ninety eight. Sorry, and you get outscored nineteen to forty in the game, like. Something is not going on in the fourth quarter. Is it Emay's play calling? 
Is it just dudes not being clutch? Um, yourselves not being a clutch team? It's a lot of things because NBA superstars come through in the clutch. Giannis was like, give me the ball, put the team on his back. I'm going to make block shots. I'm going to run the floor. I'm, they're not, they're not going to be able to stop me. Does Tatum do that? Does Brown do that? No, they score, you know, 18 in the first half, six in the second. You know, like you've got to – last night was a game Jalen had to take over. He was the best player on the floor. But, no, the best player on the floor last night was Jalen Noel. Like, come on. The other Jalen. Yeah, the other Jalen. Jalen Noel was the best player on the floor last night. Jalen Brown has to be embarrassed at that. And the second best player was Nathan Knight. Yeah, they ain't got nobody to guard you. Okay, take over, Jalen. Quit taking them bad shots. Quit taking them fake contested fadeaways. Go to the rim or whatever. But it's just a lot. It's just like you're you're not getting it done. And then Robert Williams has got to start feeling like he's got to get a dog in him. He's just playing. He's out there just playing. He's running the floor. La la la. Like he's not playing to execution to his capabilities. He's he's getting beat on defense. He's getting beat a lot. Teams running pick and rolls at him. You can't let Nathan Knight get go for twenty and eleven and it just like, hit two threes. Like this is not what we're doing here. You can't do that if you're the Celtics. It's embarrassing. Last night was embarrassing. And people rip me or criticize me in the Harden team? Like, I'm sorry. Tell me something positive to say. Yeah, there's nothing else to say at that point. Tell me something good. Tell me tell me what to say that's positive. And don't give me no COVID excuse. Everybody's got Christmas to Christmas was a COVID excuse because Milwaukee was full. Yeah. Minnesota? And let's see how it happens with the Clippers when they don't have Paul George and they don't have Kawhi. Right, right. Yeah. What happens there? They yeah. lost at home to Denver and home to Brooklyn. The last, so like they're beatable, but let's see what happens tomorrow night. And then let's see what happens when Phoenix comes to town. Are you going to be mad about how they punk you in Phoenix? Because they damn sure punk you. And Cameron Payne was talking shit. Is that is that going to motivate you? Are and you Cameron all- Payne. Yeah. yeah, he's flapping his gums at everybody. Ask LeBron. LeBron is that, is yeah. Exactly. Is that going to make you motivated to beat them? Like, what is it going to take for you to show some pride for you to be like, this That's ain't happening no more? Fuck There's that. no pride. There's no passion. Not on my watch. Yeah. Because when they, you know what? Like, that's because Jay Crowder wouldn't let that happen. They had some dogs. Marcus Morris wouldn't let that happen. Well, you know, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Wasn't gonna happen on their clock. Even not even Isaiah. That's why I think just bring back Isaiah. Bring him back. This bring, I think when we see, back. When we need, see with the Celtics, you need something for this team. They, they have they have. I think this team now. When you talk about some of those guys that that you just mentioned, the talent that they have now is comparable to those guys. But the toughness is a major downgrade. And that I, I think for the Celtics, that's the one element in all of this roster reconfiguration that they've had the last couple of years that they didn't really calibrate for, that they didn't calculate how important was it to have toughness. And I know Ime's coming in and he's saying all the right things and he's making us who like tough teams feel good about his words. But your words and the action of those who you're saying those words to, they're, they're not aligned. Uh, they are not making tough plays. Uh, they are not... In fact, you know, and, and there have been multiple occasions where they have been justified 
and using the words, we got punked. Now, I'm sorry, but that should never be happening. You don't hear you. In fact, most NBA teams, even teams like Detroit, even teams like Houston, you never hear them talk about they get punked. They may get their ass whipped. They may get they get beat by 20 or 30, but they're getting beat. They're not getting punked. What the Celtics are doing far too often is they're getting punked and outplayed by teams that they know damn well they shouldn't have been happening to. That's the thing. What do you do? Like, where's the pride coming in? Where's, like, the, like, this ain't happening no more? Hell no. Marcus might have that. Mm-hmm. But then, is Marcus, you know, he ain't making the plays. Like, it, it just it keeps happening. Let's mm-hmm. let X-star or X-average player look have a career night against us. Let's let Brandon Boston score 18 in the second quarter. PDB. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and I got nothing against Brandon Boston. You kid, he's going to be a good player. He's a damn rookie second-round pick. No. No. It can't happen. You can't have him doing the Jordan shrug. You can't have him with Cameron Payne pumping his doing that after, like, either knock him on their ass. And that's where Robert Williams comes in. Hard foul. That ain't, that ain't what he do. Because, Sherrod, you covered the 4 Pistons. You covered the they did. The toughest team of this generation, toughest team in the last, or toughest team in the last thirty years. And the, the funny and part about that team, it's a different NBA. I'm not saying it is. it's right. a different NBA, but you can't let dudes, you know, you can't let Nathan Knight be doing all this and and and, and getting pumping the crowd up after a block. Like you can't, you got to shut people up. You and do. It, and it's not with words; it's with play, defensive yeah. stops, rebounds, running the floor. Dunking on fools. You can't let Jalen Noel sit there and dunk on Jabari Parker like that. Go right through the lane, right down Broadway. He was nasty, too. Yeah, nasty. dunk on Jabari Parker. Where is the pride? I just want to know. Are they just Where? over it? Are they over it? Does it seem as though they're over the season? loss is that bad. It's like, oh, well, we got another game. This whole, like, we got another game in two days, you can't let. No. Stop taking losses so lightly. This ain't AAU. Teams, teams are trying to embarrass you. When you when you finish out the playoffs, they'll be looking. Well, we should we should beat Minnesota. We should beat Philadelphia. Then the Milwaukee game, you're gonna be looking back to these games and being like, "That was a game you should have won." But I think everyone's in the locker room waiting for this to click, and it's not. Oh, we got Al back. Okay, what did that do? Pay pay play pay play Peyton more. Okay, what does that do? You know, Robert Williams is healthy. It's not working. I'm not saying trade Robert Williams, but we, there's got to be some type of attitude adjustment. He's got to be. He got to be like, man, I got embarrassed last night. I let some undrafted. I don't know. Was Nate Knight drafted? Like no. Okay, undrafted. Look at a William and Mary dominate me, and I'm a I'm a dude who just signed an extension. Like no. It's got to be in here, the heart. And Eme can't give that to him. None about why the coaching staff. That's got to come from within. That's what Al was saying. All right. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. Y'all got Grumpy Gary in the building tonight, and I and I, I hate the Celtics have done that because Grumpy Gary ain't fun. But you know what is fun? BetOnline.ag. I'm gonna put a smile on Gary's face because we're gonna talk a little about BetOnline.ag, which has it covered. Look at that. Already working. Already working. It's got you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. 
Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this hey, season. Head to Celtics, the website or use your the mobile. Celtics in the under in the fourth quarter. What's that? Take the Celtics in the in the in the, <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I think that will win you lots of money. And while there you, you do it, don't forget the use. Don't forget to use the fourth quarter. The other team. <laughs> Don't forget the promo code LNS50 to receive your Lynn English High School or the Celtics. Lynn English High School. <laughs> oh goodness. Bet online. Bet online is where the game starts and where Gary Washburn gets it in. <laughs> That's good. Gary. I'm using that code on that. My goodness, my goodness. So, Gary, you touched on this a little bit. Or, actually, you know what I want to get in before we talk about that? Um, player development. That's a, that's something that when you think about where the Celtics are now, it's a little bit more on display than probably they would want. Uh, the guys that you have developed the last year or two who are itching and clawing at, man, if I just got an opportunity to play, man, just imagine what I would do. They're getting that opportunity. It ain't looking good at all. At all. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I think Payne's done solid. I think he earned himself more minutes. Um, I said Sam Hauser came in, was supposed to be the shooter, and missed, didn't hit a shot. Um, the rest of the guys are either in COVID protocol, Neesmith, you know, he would have helped, but he's in COVID protocol. I mean, it just is. And then you see, I hate to keep mentioning this guy, but Desmond Bain dropped like 32 last night. In Phoenix, Desmond Bain's success was always something when we watching Desmond Bain's success and being like, what the hell? He just gave away that draft pick. So, I mean, I don't – I just think at this point they've got to decide, okay, do we wait till the summer, try to find a max guy, give Dale and Jason another full offseason a year, start next year, or do we try to make some moves? Before the deadline, are we sellers? Are we buyers? What do we do with Schroeder? Is Schroeder helping this team, or is it best just to get an asset for him um, and trade him to a real contender? Or are you guys going to be a contender by February, by trade deadline? Um, There's a big January coming up for the Celtics. Determine whether they're going to be a chance to contender. They're only 16 18. Okay, all right. Season not over. Okay, we got 48 games left. Um, you know, you want to try to go, you know, do you go, can, can this team go 30 and 18? Okay, and that'd be 46 wins. And that probably gets you the fifth or sixth seed. Can they go 30 and 18 the rest of the way? They're done, a lot of, a lot of like, they'll be done with the Suns. They'll be done, like, you know, they'll, they've played the Bucks three times already. Um, they got still. I still. They still got three more with Brooklyn. Like their schedule's tough, but it's not crazy. Um, they, you know, they got to still go play Golden State once, but they played a very hard schedule. Okay, can they go thirty and eighteen? I don't think so. But I'm gonna say what? no on that one. But that's what. Okay, so you're talking about they're gonna be, you know. 28 and um, 20, 27 and 21. Like, the thing is, you're bordering on average now. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing about the East for them is there's nobody 
okay, Brooklyn and Milwaukee look like it. You know, Chicago, but that four seed is up for grabs. Because mm-hmm. the East, I mean, the Celtics are still five games out of the four seed. I mean, they're slipping, though. It was a couple, right. it was two games like a week ago. But now they're five games out of the four seed, five and a half out of the third seed. Okay? Like, they've got to jump Cleveland, Philadelphia, Washington, Charlotte. That's what, you know, it's it's a lot. I mean, but yeah, they've got to I, be a better road team. They're 7 and 12 on the road. That's lousy. You know, that's a lousy road record it's for a good team. You can't be five games under 500 on the road. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a lot. I mean, but they have a chance to get, I mean, they're one and one half games out of the six seed. So there's hope because there's time left. And no one from the East is running away from it. You know, like Brooklyn is the best team, Chicago and Milwaukee, like in Miami. Can you get that fifth seed? Can you catch Cleveland? You know, I think they're better than Cleveland, but Cleveland's playing better. So, I mean, the Celtics got to show it on the court. Like, that's the thing to me. Like, quit talking about it. Quit looking at the schedule. You know, they should have gone through this tough December schedule with three or four more wins. And it's on them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's that's one of the, the big takeaways is that there, there seems to be a sense of lost opportunities when you look at where they are and where they should be, even with all the changes and all the different issues that they and the other teams in the NBA have, have had to deal with. You feel as though this team is three or four wins uh, below where they should be, at least. Uh, fortunately for them, there are enough quality opponents on the slate schedule where they can get those wins back theoretically. They can win some games that they're not supposed to. Like the Clippers are coming into town, and I know they're missing Kawhi. I know they're missing Paul George. But the way they play, and Gary, you touched on this, they play hard. And they play the, the way they play is a reflection of their head coach. I mean, Ty Lue, yeah, he was a guard, but he was a dog out there. I mean, he, he was – they reflect who their coach is. And I think Ime is trying to get that out of his crew. But when you got two all-stars under the age of 25 and you were basically a kind of a, a journeyman slash role player, it's hard to get on the same page as them. Whereas in Brooklyn, where you got a two-time MVP calling the shots, if you're Kevin Durant, you're thinking – yeah, I can do that. I can be like him because he's like me. James Harden, I can be like him because he's like me. And the rest of those guys, like, we have to fall in place because we're not like the coach. We're not like our star players. The Celtics, they seem to struggle with understanding what their roles are in relation to Ime, uh, in relation to one another. And to me, you got to pick one of them sides to roll with. You either be a reflection of your crew or a reflection of your crew's leader. If you're not, you are going to struggle. Um, that's something that, again, the, the Celtics, they haven't, they just don't have a pulse for, for what that looks like. Um, Especially when it seemed as though they were really adamant on him being their coach. So yeah. if he was the guy you wanted, why aren't you reflecting his vision? I, I know that doesn't mean winning every game, but there, there definitely does seem to be a disconnect. And I know they had that same disconnect with Brad Stevens, but you got a chance to reset and you still haven't seemed to get a grip on what, how you get coached as a team. You can't yeah. keep going through the cycle every year and trying to figure yourself out. You're never going to get to any point of success like that. So they just need to figure out whatever Emay's coaching strategy is. They need to figure out a way to just buy in 
and maybe that'll give them the success they need as well. And, and at least if you buy in and you go down, you go down on the same page. Exactly. If, this, yeah. if the whole ship going down, damn it, we all going down, <laughs> rowing in the same right. direction. We just can't plug this big ass hole in the ship. Yeah. We, at least we're trying. But when you got, you know, some guys are thinking about this and want to do mm-hmm. that and, and not communicating defensively. And, and you've got breakdown after breakdown. Guess what's going to happen? You broke. You're going to be broke. And th- this team is broken. And I don't, I don't know if there's any amount of super glue that Brad can come up with that can fix all the pieces and glue them back together as they are. And it worked. And that's, and, and, and again, there's no, there's no one path towards fixing all this. It's, it has to be a process. And maybe this is part of that process. Maybe, you know, these, these ass whoopers they take into to whack-ass teams like Minnesota, maybe that's part of, of figuring out them, as you pointed out, Coin, just kind of figuring out how to work well together. But, damn, this is an ugly look. It is an ugly look when you get in your ass handed to guys. I mean, you guys on 10-day contracts are thirsty, are so thirsty. And to me, that's one of this team's biggest problems. They don't play with any sense of urgency. It's like when shots are going in, it's like, <laughs> we're doing the damn thing. And then when it gets a little grimy, it's like, oh, man, what are we going to do now? I know. Why don't we just take 30-footers? I know. Why don't we just shoot with five, within five seconds after we cross, you know, half-court line? That ain't how you do it. And they know this. And I think, to me, as a fan, you would feel better about this team if they just didn't have good players. If they didn't have talent, if they were just going out there like Brad Stevens' first couple teams. Those teams on paper were kind of on the trashy side, but they played hard. They gave everything they had, and they would, as Gary pointed out, because Gary and I, we've seen enough bad teams to know that you can always predict when the run is going to come. When a bad team is up by like 10 or 12, and they start looking, they got that look like, we've done all we can do. And the other team is like, job well done, son. We'll take it over from here. And then that bad team gets beat by like eight. They feel good about themselves. They gave a good fight. The team that won is like, well, we, you know, we, we let them hang around, but we finished them off. We did what we were supposed to do. That's the way teams are looking at the Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics can hang with us. They can do some good things. But in the end, we're going to whip that ass. And that's happening way too often. And it shouldn't because the Celtics, I still believe, are better than they're playing. It's just a matter of can they figure it out in time before it's too late. Well, I think that also they've got to have some type of deception or other play calling down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Teams are figuring out how to stop Tatum and Brown, how to shut their offense down in the fourth quarter. It can't be ISO Tatum or ISO Jalen. Like it's just way too predictable. Jalen and Jason, let me get the ball, let me try to dribble, strip, uh turnover, miss shot. Like it's too predictable down the stretch. So if you have players where the other night Giannis or Embiid, like Giannis was unstoppable, okay? So they jumped on his back. Embiid hit a bunch of tough shots, okay? But the next night against Atlanta, Embiid had an open J for the for the win and missed it. Missed it, was it. Funny. it was just his night. There's going to be nights where it's Jalen's night, and we've seen it, or it's Jason's night. But that doesn't happen that often where it's like, Whatever they do is going to go in. So if it doesn't, if it's not their night and teams are geared to stop them, there has to be some type of play calling, deception, 
down the stretch to get other guys' baskets, to take advantage of the emphasis on defensive emphasis on Brown and Tatum to make the game easier. They're struggling too much to score down the stretch. It's just too hard. It's a contested three, contested fadeaway jumper. It's not easy baskets. And that's the thing. They're, they're making it way harder on themselves down the stretch. The offense is sputtering, and then X player from another team just decides to go off. Like it was Giannis and even the other. It wasn't anybody in particular against in Minnesota. It was just everybody. Like, it was just kind of everybody jumped in. Malik Beasley, Jalen Noel, um, McLaughlin got into the paint a couple of times. Like, it, all of a sudden it was like, wow, everybody's hitting shots. I mean, that's just embarrassing. You can't have a team go 11 for 12 from the field. Like, that's pride. And so they've got to change their approach in the fourth quarter of games. Like, it's just something's got to give. And that's on email. That's what I believe. That's on email. Like, there's got to be some type of a change in philosophy, whether it being other than give the ball to paint and see what happens. No, because it's not working. It didn't work against Milwaukee. And good teams, well-coached teams, know that that's where they're going. And they know, be physical with Jason, shut him down, and that's it. Like, you know, Minnesota, look at their fourth quarter stats. They scored 34 points in the fourth quarter, 12 for 19 shooting. They went 11 for 12. And, I mean, they out-rebounded the Celtics 17 to 7 in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Malik Beasley had six rebounds. Like, everybody, like, Jalen Noel had 11 points in the fourth quarter. Greg Monroe had six. Like, you know, it's embarrassing. Jalen had six points on the – they only hit one shot in the fourth quarter. Al Horford will hit one shot. He is only shot. Like, this can't happen. Two for 14 from three. I mean, what's going on here? Sam Hauser 0 for 2. Pritchard 1 for 5. Jalen 0 for 3. They're launching three-pointers. 14 of their 22 shots in the fourth quarter were threes. Mm. I mean... And then they only got seven rebounds. Robert Williams played, you know, Nathan Knight played eight minutes in the fourth quarter, three and three. Robert Williams played three, six minutes, 4.3 rebounds. They make much of an impact. I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing. This can't happen because you played so hard to win that game. And it changes your entire impression of yourself. You come home 500. You're feeling good about yourself. You said, okay, we played well against Milwaukee. We just didn't get it done. But we came back the other, the next night and got it done. Now you, you're on a three-game losing streak, you know, a two-game losing streak, two out of three, three out of four you've lost. And now you got the Clippers coming in who are desperate and then the Suns. I mean, it's just not fun. There's, what, why should we be optimistic about this? Well, the, the only thing they really have going for them, I, I would say at this point, is just opportunity. The, the fact that you know that you have an opportunity to right the ship, but are you going to do the little things and the not-so-little things to make that happen? Are you going to be on the same page defensively? Are you going to be better communicators out there? Are you going to knock down open shots? Are you going to have the mindset of passing up good shots to create great ones for your teammates? 
are you going to do all those things that you've seen work, but for whatever reason, you don't want to do them nearly as much as you should. This is a, this, this is a head-scratching team, and I'm glad the new year is almost here because it gives you like a, a mile marker that you can look at and say, you know what, let's just try to do something different. Let's make a resolution to do things a little differently. Um, I know I, I got a lot of resolutions I want to do, but if you if you had to give the Celtics, what's the one resolution that you wish they had going for them that they would want to accomplish in 2022? And it can't just be winning some more damn games because that goes without saying. Before we answer, I just think it's hilarious because I'm sure you both saw the reporter who asked Belichick what his New Year's resolutions are after that Patriots lost to the Bills, though. So. I love BDB. Makes me laugh. <laughs> I love BDB. <laughs> Gary, do you have a, a resolution for the Celtics yet? Uh, just, I mean, get a heart. Get heart. Want this thing. Want this thing as much as your fan base does. Quit being buddies with all the other players. Quit tripping like losses don't matter. Take losses hard. You know, mature as a team. Be tougher. I mean, grind down the stretch. You know, want this, want this as much as everyone around you does. You got twenty thousand fans that fill your arena every night, and you can't play hard one hundred percent of the time. You got to have lapses against some of the worst teams in the league. You know, and it's not the first time this has happened. I mean, you you, you come home and you just sleepwalk against. Toronto, your first home opener, and let them dominate you. You just you, you just let teams, you know, laugh in your face, and that doesn't make you mad. I'm not talking about fight. I'm talking about hard fouls, physical play, saying that is not going to happen again. The Clippers just beat you two weeks ago. Okay, are you thinking about that? Is that in the back of your mind? We ain't letting Brandon Boston go for 27. If Phoenix just clowned you a couple weeks ago, is that something that's going to is that something that's bothering you? Or you are are you so ready to dap Devin Booker after the game? You ain't tripping about it. Like, what what, what are we going? What are we doing here? If something's got to tickle your pride a little bit to get you upset, to get you to want to be a better team. Fulfill your potential. If it's not for your coach, play for yourself. Play for your own ass. Yeah. You know, if you if you not oh I ain't tripping off email, whatever. Okay, you don't like me or whatever they feel about us, you play for your damn self. Mm-hmm. I'll like tell you what people. I want them to have for New Year's. Oh, <laughs> you know what I want them to do, Gary? No. I no, want no. them to gather around <laughs> and just all do Shots of Dos Equis. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because the, the the campaign for that particular drink is stay thirsty, my friend. And they need to stay thirsty going into the second half of the season. They need to stay thirsty for success. They need to stay thirsty for trying to get better. They need to be thirsty. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. It totally Shots makes sense. They're not thirsty enough for the things that help you become better. They okay, need a reminder of why they need a reminder to stay thirsty. You're over too on these these questions. <laughs> Listen, I can't help it because BC and Cal are like right here, and everyone else is like like right behind me is at a different level. I can't help y'all can't get there. 
What is this? What, what is complicated about them needing to stay thirsty, my friend? They need to stay thirsty. Am I wrong? They're not thirsty. They ain't got no place. No, to they're not. Right. And they need a reminder to stay thirsty. That's my point. No, they need to they get thirsty. They need a reminder to stay thirsty. I mean, the, the, the fact is, is that everybody wants it, seems to want it more than they do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Other teams, their fans, all seem to want and see something that they don't see. And they don't want to be great. And they let Miami take their lunch money in the bubble, and they've not been the same since. Mm. Did he That's just say thing. take that lunch money? The sure lunch money. I like that one. I think my New Year's resolution for the Celtics. He bowed them, took yeah. their damn bike in the trouble. And damn. He's about to go five hundred. <laughs> and who are your leaders? Is it Jason? I thought it was interesting that Jason said he'll he's willing to accept the responsibility of the losses because he knows he's one of the leaders. That's a step. Yeah. Okay. Who else is going to accept responsibility? And does Jason really mean that? The question is, do they want? Do they really want to be good? Do they really want to win? It's hard work to win. It's not. It wouldn't. If winning was easy, everybody would be doing it. Cleveland will be doing it. Uh, Utah, all the teams. There are good teams winning, but all the bad teams. Detroit be winning. Detroit's tried to win. Detroit would be winning. Indiana be winning. You win. You win. Like Oprah, you win. Like winning's not easy. Okay. The Knicks will be winning. They're, all the bad teams in the league. Sacramento would be winning if it was easy. It's hard work to go from good to great. To go from competitive team to that elite status. You know, that's why in Brooklyn, Blake Griffin and Paul Millsap are sitting on the bench, not saying a word when they don't play, they want to win a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why James Harden, as much as nobody likes James Harden, sacrificed his game to win a chip and play point guard when Kyrie bailed out. That's why these you know these teams, these players go somewhere, and they go to where they go to win. And how many of those Celtics in that locker room really want to win? How many of them, or how many of them are like, I just like playing ball. This is fun. I like the money. I like the women. I like the jewelry. I like the Instagram. I like all that. I just want to like. This is cool for me. How many of them really, like, how many of them want to win? I have to question that. How many of them want this? That's a good question. Like it don't seem like they, all of them do. They Kwani, what's your resolution, Kwani? Oh, I know Lord. you got one. Yes, my resolution. <laughs> I'm going to borrow something from the 08 Celtics. Oh, God. And give them a little Ubuntu. Oh, damn it. I knew she was going to do that. So I was going to do that, but then I was also looking at the days of Kwanzaa. And today, which I don't formally celebrate, but today is Ujima, which means collective work and responsibility. So I think between both of those things, the Celtics could use a little bit of both to get them on the right path to the playoffs this season. I like yours, Kwani. I like yours best. I like yours a little way better than Gary's. <laughs> but that's what the Celtics need right now. A collective work and responsibility to for the greater good of their season. Because that's right now one. they're all they're all about the each individual and not 
about the collective unit of the Celtics, which is why they have not played well. Well done, Kwani. Well done. I like that one. I like that one. Kwani, get the gold started there, y'all. Nice job. Nice job. I got a clap from Gary. That's a big deal, apparently. Right. So we're pretty much at the end of the road here for today. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back end of next the year. week. End of the year. This will be the last one for 2021. 2021. Do you have any personal resolution? I got one. Gary, take Gary. You don't have to take a deep breath. It's not that deep. (laughs) Gary was just like his eyes just looked off into the next 365 days. I just want to be nicer to people. Um, That's all I want to do. I want to be nicer to people. Uh, uh, I'm still going to crack on you, Kwani, and I absolutely will crack on you, Gary, but I, I just want to be nicer to people. Nice That's to all. most people, yeah. Yeah. Peace on Earth, Ubuntu. Go ahead, Gary. What you got? Uh, just to be a better person overall. That's all. Just improving every aspect of my life. Just take that step forward. You always try to be better you were then, now than you were a year ago and just continue to progress and improve and, you know, take that next step. Okay, okay. Kwani, what you got? I think both of yours, I'm going to just add in, like, focus. I think, especially when you get towards the end of the year, it's easy to just kind of be like, all right, well, I'll start over next year. But being consistent in the new year and just, like, with every area, I think would be Okay. Fun. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll help you with that consistency. Like right now, like Kwani, what you got coming up on NBC Ten? Because we consistently talk about that almost every week. So that's I'm true. We have stayed true to consistency. Because I'm all about you know the, the Ujima and all that other stuff that hard <laughs> about. So. We learned so much today. Well, NBC Ten Boston for well, for um, NBC Ten the hub today. We did a series called On Her Mark. It aired on NBC Sports Boston this past weekend, but it's still online. That's basically a year-end recap of all the accomplishments of women in sports this year. So that's something to check out if you haven't done so already. And then in the new year, just keep an eye on the hub today. I'm going to still be doing the local lowdowns, exploring different neighborhoods of Boston, and keeping you guys in tune as to what's going on. Okay, okay. G-Money, is it? you got a column that we should be checking out soon on, yeah. on Boston.com? TheBostonGlobe.com. <laughs> uh, well, I wrote one today on the Patriots, so check it out. I saw that one. Um, it's yeah, good. Think, you know, negative or positive, and just continue to follow my coverage for the Celtics and other columns throughout throughout the new year. Uh, I'm gonna be bringing the fire and telling it like it is, and you know, if you don't want to hear how it is, you want you want then me to put on the phone. <laughs> I'm not, I don't get paid to be fans of the team. I'm going to let you know. If it's good, it's bad, I'm going to let you know. Where I, either way. So just get ready for more intense, better coverage. Uh, you know, the, the better than it was the year before, as I said. Just take steps to improve everything. So, yeah, Kwani, why are you looking all skeptical? No, it's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, keep that. Because I mean, like, with Boston sports media, I think everyone... I mean, there's definitely, like, a cliche of how people are supposed to be, but I think sometimes you just have to be realistic, but not negative. It's just being realistic. I think some sports pundits like to be negative just to be negative. But there's also the level of just being realistic about whatever the situation is. Yeah. If the team isn't doing well, if they're doing well, 
telling it specifically like that. So Gary, yeah. stay, stick with that as you haven't been doing. That's G money. That's G money. Yeah. I'll be doing my thing, uh, writing a column for Ebony, writing uh, Bleach Report stuff. I got a couple things coming out uh, in the next week or so. And, uh, you know, just, just waiting for the next semester to begin to get back in the classroom with my next round of kitties uh, teaching at Boston University. Uh, and just kind of keep, oh, stop, stop BC pigeon. Don't hate, don't hate, don't hate BC pigeons. Just don't hate. I was trying to, I was trying to leave that, Kwani, I was going to leave you alone on that, see? See? You said you're going to be nice to the new year. I was trying to be nice to you, Kwani. I was, I was. But see, you're bringing me back into the game. Bringing me back into the dark side, see? But, uh. No, we'll we'll obviously have lots of different stuff, and we'll we'll all of us will be back. You just you know doing what we do, keeping you abreast of what's happening with the Celtics heading into the new year. Hopefully, they can get on track and turn this thing around. Uh, it's not about talent; it's about whether they want to tap into that talent and do the things, the hard things, the you know the the not so fun and glorious and glamorous things to be a good team. Uh, we'll find out whether they're up to the task. Uh, so, Kwan, you want to close us out? Yes, that's been. An- the end, the end of 2021 for the Ablers podcast. If you've been listening to this point and haven't subscribed, please do so on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to us. Also, give us a review if you haven't done so already. And for your New Year's resolution, I think you should all send this episode to at least one friend to launch us into the new year. But for Aishara Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Tony A. Lunas. Thank you for listening to the Ablers podcast. We'll see you in 2022. Ubuntu!